Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom. With the new Dexcom G7, you get better diabetes results without those awful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or to your watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affect your glucose. It makes it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's so easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. Thanks, Dexcom, for being our partner. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. A young son, a brother, a first-generation Irish-American, great grades, athlete, studying his head off to pass the grueling CPA exam. This is every parent's dream come true. So why? Was this golden boy, Chad Amelia, brutally stabbed, dead, stabbed over 100 times? We think 108 times, but all of you legal eagles know that after multiple stabbings, it's hard to tell how many times someone was stabbed because of overlapping. But we can document 108 times. And you may think, like Many sage crime fighters do. He stabbed 108 times. What was he doing wrong? Can I tell you? Nothing. This truly is the golden boy scrubbed in sunshine. And then we learn the woman who stabs her date over 100 times, was in a weed-induced frenzy. Now, ask yourself, what could be worse than losing your child? Many of you know my fiancé was murdered shortly before our wedding, and I thought I knew it all about grief and mourning, deep depression, until... A few years ago, when I had the twins, and now I know that nothing could be worse than losing your child, except for one thing, losing your child to murder, and the murderer gets straight probation. 
I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us here at Crime Stories and on Sirius XM 111. With me, an all-star panel to make sense of what we know right now, including Becca Whitnall at Thousand Oaks Acorn, Andy Kahn, victim's rights advocate, Dr. Othan Mena, medical examiner, Robin Dreek, former FBI behavioral expert, Dr. Chris Mahandi, forensic psychologist and author, Audrey Nafziger, the special district attorney, deputy DA on this case. But first, I want to go to a very special guest joining me. It's Sean Amelia, Chad's father. How did an evening that started so innocently go so horribly wrong 100 plus stabbings on your beautiful boy the moment I saw him all I could think about is my big boy John David Lynch when did you learn about what happened Sean uh it was the morning of May 28th it was about 10:15 a.m. in the morning two sheriff's deputies came to my home and they they were explaining to me initially actually they were trying to determine if I was Chad's father and when we you know I gave them that information they oh, wait where were you were you in the kitchen having coffee were you getting ready for work what was happening actually I was coming down from a home that I own about or owned four houses up the street from where I live because um, my parents my my mother um, and my stepfather he had progressed into dementia. So I picked up that home hoping that they would move into it. But his, by the time it was finished being renovated, he, um, he had passed. So she never moved into that house. So you guys all grew up as a big extended family. You're all Irish. You came to the U S and your son was the first generation American. Yeah, that's correct. Yes. So, so the the gentleman um, asked me, um, you know, he showed me a picture. Chad had a tattoo of what's called a triquetra. It's a Celtic Irish symbol on his forearm, and it symbolizes the, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the the unity of all things in the world. And that's how they asked me to identify him. And I said, Yeah, that's my son's tattoo. And then I said. I'm extremely worried about what you're doing right now. What what's going on? And okay, wait a minute. Let me understand something, Mr. Amelia. Guys, you were hearing Sean Amelia. This is Chad's father, and he comes up to his home and meet. There's LA law enforcement, and they. What would you do if somebody says, "Does your son have a tattoo of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost?" I would want to know what what's going on. The worst would go through my mind. What happened? Well, um, I you know gave him gave them acknowledgement. Yes, that's that's my son's tattoo. And I said, what's going on? And then they asked me immediately. There was two of them. They said, what can you tell us about his girlfriend? And I looked at them and I said, he doesn't have a girlfriend. And that's when they turned and looked at each other, kind of surprised. And I said, you guys are really, you know, you guys are really worrying me at this point. What is going on? And, you know, Chad was, he was an incredibly strong young man. He was very fit, very tough. And the sheriff said to me, well, he's been stabbed. And at that moment, you know, I thought, okay, um, I need to go see him wherever he is. Um, I just thought he'd be in a hospital somewhere or you know, he was not, you know, you know, I, I, I didn't even, it didn't even dawn on me or occur to me that what he was going to say next, because I said, well, I want to go see him. Where is he? And he said, we cannot allow you to go to this scene. He's deceased. And that's when, um, that's when I realized, you know, that 
you know, I just, I just couldn't believe what happened. So I, I literally dropped to my knees and I couldn't believe what they had told me. And, um, then at that point, just by, by coincidence, um, one of my uncles who is the matriarch of our family, he just happened to pull up into my driveway and, you know, thank God that he did because, you know, he kind of pulled me together and then we all went into the kitchen. I went into the kitchen with, uh, the two sheriffs and my uncle and I had to explain to him what they had just told me. He couldn't believe it. And then the sheriffs asked me right after that, they said, look, we need to notify his mother. Um, do you want to do that? Or do you want us to do it? And I said, well, I don't want her to find out the way I just found out. So I will take care of it. And uh, I called her immediately and she had an appointment that she was headed to. And I asked her to cancel the appointment and I drove to her home, which was very close to my home. And I sat her down and I, you know, I had to tell her, I'd say, you know, Michelle, I just got some really bad news. <laughs> Chad, um, you know, he's dead. And, uh, you know, from that moment forward, I mean, I just, you know, she just, it was like, it was like, literally was like looking into her eye and seeing something, something just break in a human being. Never seen anything like before, but that's what happened. And, and uh, I was concerned about leaving her because I had to, obviously the next person I had to go drive and tell was my mother. And they were very close. And he, I, I just, you know, reached out to her sister and said, you need to come here. She cannot be here by herself. And she has really good friends, strong friends. So they came and supported her. And then I left and I had about an hour and 45 minute drive to get to my mom's house. And um, I remember, you know, telling my mom, <laughs> I had to tell my mom that, uh, you know, that same thing. I sat her down and just said, Mom. And she knew something was wrong because I was there with my Uncle Noel and my Uncle Christopher. I took them with me. And uh, my Uncle Noel actually drove me there. And, uh, you know, she goes, what's going on? And uh, I just said, well, Mom, I, I got some really bad news. I said, Chad is... Uh, Chad is deceased. And, you know, I could see that she was in shock, but she, she, excuse me, she reached out and she grabbed a hold of me. And she just looked at me and said, Well, you know, Sean, he's in a better place than we are. And that's what she said to me. So that's kind of how the initial um, understanding of his loss went for me and our family guys you are hearing the father of chad amelia literally scrubbed in sunshine and i'm not saying that this perfect boy's life is any more or less valuable than anybody else's it just the the irony that bad taste of a kid growing up and doing everything right and then out of the blue this boy stabbed over a hundred times by his girlfriend she in a weed induced frenzy and everybody across the country that's legalizing pot saying it's okay it's fine it's not it is not I know I'm the voice in the wilderness on this, but I've seen so many victims fall prey to pot. That's not the issue today. That's a much different argument. The issue today is his killer is walking free on straight probation. Because
Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. To Audrey Nafziger, Ventura County Senior Deputy District Attorney, who prosecuted this case, she did not agree with straight probation. This was not a deal. You know, you can either plead guilty with a plea deal that the state agrees with the defense and they present it to the judge. You can plead blind plea where you plead guilty and you just throw yourself on the judge's mercy, or you can go to trial. This was not an agreed deal. So don't hold this against her. My question to you, Audrey, is when you hear Mr. Amelia speaking, I mean, I know for all the years I prosecuted violent crimes, I would add that pain to my own heart, and I carry it around to this day. Does it ever become staggering to you? Because sometimes it did to me. I would have to pull off the road when I would leave the, the courthouse sometimes and just cry. Of course, I couldn't let anybody else see me cry because then I would be weak. But when you hear Mr. Amelia telling his story, and you know his killer who voluntarily took pot, smoked pot, and got so high, she stabbed him. That's not in question. It's not who did it. She did it. How does that hit you, Audrey? Nancy, you, you, you said it exactly right. Um, I, I carry, I carry this, the trauma, the, the pain. I don't know the pain that Sean knows, but it deeply impacts me. And it, it Listening to him, I mean, I brought the tissue box over, and it's just, how can anyone not feel the humanity of losing Chad Amelia? It's just a horrible thing. And in compounding it in this case was the extraordinarily graphic video um, that I had to watch, I don't even know how many times, maybe a hundred times. And it's, it's just something you can never unsee, and it's very, it's horrible. A horrible thing to experience and and I think as a prosecutor you know we harness we harness that pain and we use it to to get through horrible trials and to bring justice as best we can and, that, and that's what I did you know to Andy Kahn joining me colleague and friend director of victim services at Crime Stoppers Houston Andy I know how much you research every case that you advance 
When I look, and I know you've seen pictures of my son, John David. When I look at Chad, this guy, that smile, he's got a million dollar smile, just full of life, full of happiness. It just kills me to think what this judge has done. You know, Nancy, crime victims in this case is, is like the poster child. They are no longer victims under the guise of this new criminal justice reform that we seem to be operating on. The defendants, like this lady, they are now the new victims and actual crime victims are basically treated as non-entities. And here's what I really find fascinating. So they're claiming this cannabis-induced psychosis that led her to you know, stabbing Chad over a hundred times. The weed was purchased at this local dispensary. Amazingly, uh, you tell me if I'm wrong, but that's the only case that I've seen, and we're going on six years. So it's, it's not like people who purchased this type of marijuana all of a sudden get this psychosis induced and they go around stabbing people to death. This is a precedent-setting decision that's going to have far-reaching consequences for future cases. The impact of this decision is frightening. Joining me is Becca Whitnall, editor of Thousand Oaks Acorn at Acorn Newspapers. Becca, thank you for being with us. Who is this Judge Worley? David Worley, I believe. Well, he's a Ventura County Superior Court judge. And I keep asking myself the same thing. I, I, I kind of wonder why even have a jury if your ruling is going to kind of almost negate what they found. So, Becca Whitnall, regarding this judge, I agree with you. Why bother to go through the time and expense of having a jury when you're going to negate everything they do and just sentence the guy to straight probation? I've seen this before in a murder. It was in the Louise Woodward au pair murder where she murdered baby Matthew Epen. The jury came back with a homicide conviction and the judge sentenced her to straight probation. And they came back, as I recall, with either a murder or voluntary, not involuntary. And the judge just took it upon himself to give straight probation. It has happened before. And that is why I am calling for a recall. I don't want this judge to just slither off the bench and enjoy retirement. I want a recall effort on David Worley because what he did was wrong. Uh, to you, Sean Amelia, I've looked up Worley. He was basically an ambulance chaser in a law firm and then somehow got appointed to the bench and then ran. What is your response to what the judge did, Sean? Well, I I have to agree with, you know, what Becca just said. I don't, there, there are two things that happened that I don't even understand why we were put through them and after what he did. You know, obviously the first is, you know, the good people of the County of Ventura did their civic duty. They listened to the evidence. They listened to the facts. And they came to a unanimous decision in a very short period of time. And, you know, the, the DA then asks for the maximum time. Then you have the probation officer recommending felony jail time. And then all of a sudden, all of that collective information gets put in the hands of one individual where there's no checks and balances on, and at that point he can do whatever he wants. So I, in my opinion, he he failed Chad. He failed uh, the people of Ventura County. Um, he just he really did not do, in my opinion, he didn't do his job reviewing it objectively and seeing this in, in the facts that person as an individual. He was too focused, I believe, on uh, the perpetrator of the crime as an individual and not on the facts of the case. 
to Dr. Chris Mohandi joining us, forensic psychologist, author of Evil Thoughts, Wicked Deeds. Dr. Mohandi, thank you for being with us. I was listening to what Sean Amelia was saying as he described being told his son had been stabbed. His immediate reaction was much like mine was uh, when Keith was murdered. I thought if I could just get to him, I could fix it. I could get him to the right hospital, the right doctor. We could perform the right um, surgery or or methods and and everything was going to be fine. That did not happen. It's almost as if you can't take in what you're hearing. What is that psychological phenomena? Well, I I think it's just so traumatic uh, and overwhelming um, to uh, be presented with the idea that somebody that you, you know, that you're, you know, so uh, basically attached to um, as your own child, as a, as a parent, uh, there's no way it's unfathomable. It's just something that your, your, your mind is incapable of processing. It's too much. So that denial is the first thing that comes up. No, this can't be. And that is actually the beginning of the grief process is that denial. Um, but it's, it's just such a powerful thing because it goes to that basic, you know, attachment as well as the idea that, you know what, your, 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 your kids, <laughs> we're not supposed to see our kids you know, pass away and die from any cause. We're supposed to go first. I think it's that the idea that your son or your fiance has been murdered is so out of left field that your mind tries to apply normalcy to what you're hearing and somehow in your mind fix it and make it something acceptable. I don't think your mind, I'm certainly not a shrink, can take it in. What exactly happened? How did the judge reach this outrageous decision that a woman in a pot-induced frenzy who stabs her boyfriend 108 times should walk free? What happened that night? Listen to investigative reporter Nicole Parton. Vinny Oliveira is upstairs in his room when he hears the sounds of things breaking downstairs. Taking a look down the stairs, Oliveira sees Omelia and Spacher's dogs together on the landing area, looking scared. Heading downstairs, Oliveira sees furniture toppled, the couches flipped over and covered in blood, and Omelia is severely wounded. Oliveira says there is a hole where his heart is, with blood everywhere. And Omelia says, Vinny, please help me. She stabbed me. Vinny Oliveira runs back upstairs to get his phone to call for help. To Dr. Othan Mena, Ventura County Assistant Chief Medical Examiner, who performed the autopsy on this young man, Chad Amelia. Dr. Othan Mena, the... Chairs were turned over. Furniture was tumbled around. It was clearly violent, very violent. He tried to protect himself. But is there any way that someone can be saved if they've been stabbed in the heart? Was he stabbed in the heart or did it just look that way to the roommate? Uh, Yes, he was stabbed in the heart and uh, also the lungs and liver. That's uh, actually where most of the Uh, severe injuries were located in the chest and back uh, along with his neck. Can anyone survive a stab to the heart, Dr. Mena? Uh, Well, it depends on the severity. If it's a superficial injury and uh, medical aid is rendered shortly after, it's certainly possible, but uh, not when there was this much blood loss and multiple other sites that were injured that were also bleeding. Uh, According to the defense, The defendant in this case, the girlfriend, Bryn Spacher, had a, quote, psychotic break from reality. And that, therefore, her use of cannabis pot was involuntary. I mean, the law is uh, very clear, is it not, Audrey Nafziger, that voluntary use of drugs or alcohol is not a defense. Never a defense unless you, the defendant, are completely comatose. And she's not comatose because she's throwing over sofas and coffee tables and stabbing the victim over a hundred times. So her voluntary use of pot is not going to be a defense. That's correct. That's exactly what the law says, and that's what the jury found in this case. Um, 
let me ask you this. Dr. Mahandi joining us. Did you administer a psychological test to Spacher before trial? Did you learn anything about the amount of pot she ingested? Well, the psychological test, uh, like the MMPI-2, which is what I use, the multi Minnesota Multiphasic Personality Inventory 2, does not have anything to do with uh, determining how much you know, cannabis she ingested. That's derived from the toxicology um, that was from the blood draw at the hospital and, and so forth. So um, that testing post, you know, event uh, that I did from a psychological standpoint is not what's going to result in the, you know, cannabis-induced psychosis. That's not what's going to result in the cannabis-induced psychosis diagnosis. That's derived from the fact that there was nothing else in her um, that she did test positive for THC um, and that she has no other history, no other um, uh, agents that could have caused it and that it remitted. That means the symptoms went away as soon as she came down from the intoxicating properties of it. Okay, I understand. So her um, state of mind was completely due to smoking a bong. I don't get it, Sean Amelia. This is Chad's dad. When someone is drunk out of their gourd and they have a car crash and kill a young man, they go down for vehicular homicide, right? So why is this any different? She was sucking on a bong and then went into a pot frenzy and murdered Chad. How is that different? I don't, I don't think it is different. I, and not being an attorney, it's very hard for people um, that just go to work every day to take care of their families to understand how you stab somebody 108 times and you, you don't go to prison. There's a, I think there's a case pending right now that's going to be very interesting to hear what the outcome is. It's the uh, Rebecca Grossman case. I, I understand she ran over two people, and um, it'll be interesting to see if she's treated differently. You know, I'm very curious why the judge thought the pot is any different, because isn't it true, Becca Whitnall, joining us from Thousand Oaks Acorn, at the time, Spacher stated she had taken one puff of a bog but did not want to smoke anymore. Then she blames the victim, claiming he urged her to smoke more. And that, what, two or three more puffs made her go into a frenzy? I don't believe that for one minute. She's lying. Apparently, she had taken the first hit and told Chad she wasn't feeling anything. So he says, oh, let me reload it. And uh, then she takes the second hit, and that's when... All hell breaks loose. I find it really hard to believe that she was in a frenzy after two puffs on a bong. But that said, what else do we know happened that evening? Benny Olivera runs back down the stairs, dialing 911 on his cell phone. Olivera sees Bryn Spacher's attack on Chad Omelia hasn't ended. She's still stabbing him as he's fallen to the ground. Olivera is now outside the condo, screaming for help, crying as he tries to explain to 911 what is happening, but says he's in some type of shock and remembers little of what happens next. He does remember police arriving on the scene and hearing what he thought were stun guns going off a few times. The voices that Bryn Spacher and only Bryn Spacher is hearing are telling her she has to keep fighting. She has to keep doing what she's doing. What she is doing is stabbing Chad Omelia at least 108 times, as well as her dog and herself. According to Sergeant Stephen Jenkins, Spacher says the more violent she is, the more she feels like she is coming back to life. Uh, Robin Drake joining me, behavior expert, former FBI special agent and chief of FBI counterintelligence behavioral analysis program, author of Sizing People Up, a veteran FBI agent's manual for behavior prediction. Let me throw a... Uh, legal phrase on you, Latin. She's effing lying. Her story (laughs) is all over the place. First, she has one suck on a bong, and then she doesn't want to smoke anymore. Next thing I know, she's gone into a pot frenzy. Now she's saying she heard voices. What defense lawyer told her to say that? It's about the level of my phraseology, too, Nancy. 
this case is so complex. Yeah, I know. The case is so complex. And I've taken this and it's confusing. But when it's so confusing, I'm looking at behavior arcs all over the place on this one. I think that's what the judges do. We're trying to figure out the judge's sentencing because what's his behavior arc that made him give such a light sentence to encountermine basically what the jury said. And then what's her behavior arc? Because this is, her behavior was complete deviation, which then makes a lot of incongruencies and makes it very unbelievable for people. But the bottom line here, this whole thing is eroded trust and confidence in the legal system because there's such an incongruence between the sentencing and between what the jury said. And there's victims everywhere. And, the, and like has been said earlier, they're making the they're making the perpetrator of the crime the victim. And that's the new trend that has become scary in the whole system. Yeah, I see that, too, Andy Khan. She's somehow trying to blame him for what she did. And did you hear that? After the roommate sees what's happening, he thinks it's over. He wants to call 911 and the victim check and still say, help me. He's still alive. He comes back, the roommate, and she's attacking him again, Andy. You know, Nancy, I've actually lost track of how many people, especially victims of violent crime, have been victimized under this new realm of criminal justice reform. And the rights that you and I and other victim advocate trailblazers have now been essentially steamrolled and they're pushed under the carpet in the name of criminal justice reform. I wish I could say this is an anomaly, but it's not. It's part of a pattern. Listen to the judge's own statement where he said through no fault of her own, that being the offender, the defendant was out of touch with reality. That is total BS through no fault of her own? That's not true. I agree, but this is what the judge is basing his decision on. This is his perspective, and that's what we're seeing all over the country right now. You have statements saying that, oh gosh, the poor little defendant, she's never going to lead a normal life. She has now, wait for this now, her medical license and ability to help deaf people is at risk. And basically, Chad is a non-entity. He doesn't exist anymore. And that's why I firmly believe in cases like this. And dad, listen to me, and I'll be more than happy to help you. Your son has to be a catalyst for change. This has got to stop where basically victims are now being treated as non-entities and defendants are now being treated as the new victim in this new era of criminal justice reform. So she's upset that her training as an audiologist to help deaf people could be revoked or impaired because she's a murderer? That's what she's worried about? Did I get that right, Sean? That's correct. Okay. What else do we know happened that day? Listen to Sydney Sumner Crime Online. When police arrive, they find Chad Omelia dead from over a hundred stab wounds and Bryn Spacher crying and screaming hysterically while still holding the bloody knife in her hands. The Ventura County Star reports officers find Spacher in a pool of blood holding a knife, and as officers try to disarm her, officers use a taser and several baton blows before they are able to finally disarm Spacher. A long serrated bread knife is taken from her hands. Chad Omelia is dead at the scene. Baton blows and a taser to calm this woman down and she's worried about her license? Was, is that correct, Becca Whitnall? That's correct. I think it was nine blows with the baton before they could get her to let go of the knife that she was stabbing herself with. Wait a minute. You say she was stabbing herself. Wait a minute. I see the pictures. I see them. Those are completely superficial. She doesn't even have a stitch. Nothing. I have to say, in court, it it seems the parties agreed that had the police not, or the sheriff's officers, not gotten that knife out of her hands, that she likely would have suffered much more. She did have to go to the hospital. Did she get stitches? I don't know that she got stitches. I know she was in the hospital for Yeah, I don't think so. Looking right at her. I'm looking at the scratches. Scratches. Uh-uh. No, she stabbed this boy to death and she is walking free. Now, brace yourselves. 
Listen to this. It doesn't take the jury very long to find Bryn Spacher guilty of killing Chad Omelia. The couple had only dated for a couple weeks when Spacher attacks Omelia after she takes two hits from his bong. There is blood evidence, eyewitness from the roommate, and when police arrive on the scene, she was holding the bloody knife in her hand. But she wasn't convicted of first-degree murder like she was originally charged. Spacher is convicted of involuntary manslaughter. Question to you, Audrey Nefziger, Ventura County Senior Deputy District Attorney who worked this case. Why, was the, why were the charges reduced? Because the jury never even had a chance to look at murder, did they? That's correct. Um, I'm the second attorney on the case. And when, we got, when I got this case, uh, the defense finally produced to us uh, their defense strategy of marijuana-induced psychosis. And so we then hired Dr. Mahandi because he is an expert um, in this area and in forensic psychology in general. And he did the testing. He evaluated her. He went through all of the evidence, including the video evidence. And it's very hard. I think it's very hard for people to grapple with the idea that that is what happened here. But I will tell you this, Nancy, seeing is believing. You're saying it would be hard for people to believe she was in a psychosis? Yes. Okay, can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? She's in psychosis because of what? Because she voluntarily sucked that bomb, just like you said. That's right. She is in psychosis because she sucked a bomb and stabbed her boyfriend dead. And I've got to tell you, this woman did not just descend down from heaven. The roommates were very suspicious of her and thought that the victim, in this case, Chad Omelia, was moving way too fast with her. Take a listen to our cut two from Nicole Parton. Chad Omelia lives in a condo in Thousand Oaks with two roommates and his dog. Omelia is working at an accounting firm while studying to be a certified public accountant. Omelia meets audiologist Bryn Spacher at a dog park and the two strike up a friendship that quickly moves to something more. Even though the two have only dated a few weeks, one of Omelia's roommates, Vinny Oliveira, tells the Acorn that Chad was definitely smitten with Bryn Spacher. He says Omelia is talking about Spacher all the time and at one point suggests they might be moving too fast. So the roommates realized this was moving way too fast. Robin Dreet, you're the behavior expert. When all your friends can see something is wrong and you're the only one that can't see it, particularly when you think you're in love, what is that? Yeah, it's a lack of loving critics in your life and your ability to listen to them. You're, you're giving yourself your own confirmation bias of what you're seeking, and that's exactly what's going on here. And he confirmed his own bias for her, and it led to his death, unlike, unfortunately. To you, Sean, this is Chad's dad. Had he ever had a serious girlfriend before? Oh, yeah. I mean, the first thing the uh, sheriff's department asked um, myself and his mother, Michelle, for was a list of uh, young ladies that he had dated, and we produced that list, and they interviewed them all. And, you know, they they all you said he was a gentleman. And, you know, he, he was raised that way, and so was his brother, and so was I. That's curious, Sean Amelia. It sounds to me like what they were trying to do, the defense, was trying to raise a self-defense strategy, but that was completely impossible. Uh, you know, back to you, Dr. Othan Minna, Ventura County Assistant Chief Medical Examiner. Have you ever handled a case where the victim has been stabbed this many times? Uh, yes, uh, a few times, a handful of times. There have been this many times in the dozens. Probably not this many, but at least in the... 70s to 80s. So then not this many. Is it true, Dr. Minna, that when you have so many stab wounds, it's hard to determine the exact number as the stab wounds begin to overlap and you can't tell if it's one, two or three stab wounds in the same in the same cut? Right. That can happen, especially uh, in terms of internal injuries. They start kind of intersecting each other and crossing each other's path.
Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress. Good sleep should come naturally. And with the new natural hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design icon West Elm, the natural hybrid is the culmination of the two companies' shared values of premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the natural hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. I want to do that. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Go to lisa.com forward slash Nancy to learn more. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash Nancy. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. Guys, this is not the first time a judge has completely distorted and thwarted the law in this jurisdiction. Does the name Sean Shirk ring a bell? Take a listen to our Cut 18. Sam Shirk has five sons, and oftentimes his sons don't get along with his live-in girlfriend, 59-year-old Margaret Dahl. Sam Shirk's son, Sean, has been staying with his dad and Margaret Dahl, but when Dahl's elderly mother is coming to stay for a visit, Sean has to move out. Around midnight on August 24th, a few weeks after being forced out of the home he's been living in, Sean Shirk, extremely intoxicated, breaks a backsliding glass door, sneaks into the house, violently attacks Margaret Dahl and her mother, Phyllis Porter. The next morning, when Shirk's brother goes to the home, he discovers the shattered glass door and the women inside. Two women dead. Now take a listen to Cut 20. Sean Shirk's defense attorney begins working to have the double homicide charges reduced to involuntary manslaughter. At hearings over a four-year period of time, experts testify about Shirk being the victim of abuse as a child and suffering PTSD. But the biggest thing the defense has proven, Sean Shirk was so intoxicated the night of the murders that he was not in control of his own actions. The prosecutors go along with the defense, and now Shirk's attorney argue that Shirk was drunk and in the midst of a bout with PTSD when he fatally stabbed Margaret Dahl and her mother, Phyllis Porter. The jury finds Shirk guilty of involuntary manslaughter. Once again, in the same jurisdiction, the defendant commits murder and walks free, even when a jury comes back with a conviction on involuntary manslaughter. But still, the judge sentences in a manner that the defendant walks free. In this case, I want you to hear what the defendant begins saying 
what she realizes she's getting charged. Take a listen to investigative reporter Sydney Sumner. According to Speecher, she tells investigators that she begins hearing a sinister-like voice in her head before stabbing Amelia to death a little after midnight. The VC star points out that under California law, a person is seen as responsible for their actions when impaired by drugs or alcohol unless their intoxication is involuntary. Speecher's defense attorney claims that their client was involuntarily intoxicated and that Amelia had allegedly bullied and intimidated her into smoking the last bit of marijuana. Now the defense, now they are arguing that the pot Spatra used was completely different from all the other pot in the world. Again, total BS. Take a listen to our 23 Dave Mack crime online. Lawyers are now claiming that the marijuana she consumed was a strain of the drug with a THC level of more than 30%, significantly higher than the average dose. Lawyers claim that Spacher was not a regular smoker of marijuana, but the strain Omelia had her smoke had a warning label indicating it was for high-tolerance users only, since its THC content was above the average level of between 18 and 24%. Spacher's attorneys claim the strain Bryn Spacher consumed was a strain with 31.8% THC. Prosecutor Audrey Napsinger told the jury there's no evidence Omelia put anything other than regular old marijuana in the bong he prepared for Spacher that night. The argument to the jury by the defense is that this was some kind of unique, super potent pot. That's not true. The pot was analyzed, what was left at the apartment. To Sean Amelia, this is Chad Amelia's dad. Chad was stabbed dead by a weed-crazed girlfriend you believe the judge favored white women why do you say that well earlier on in the case um when the charges were being charging document was being changed um and the charges were being changed from murder to involuntary manslaughter i addressed the court and at that time when i addressed the court the judge actually started to, when he was talking, speaking back to me, he, he was taking a position and he was actually, instead of just listening to my comments, he was defending her. He was defending her actions. And at one point, I mean, the tran- I have a copy of that transcript. And at one point, you know, that's when he sort of emphasizes, well, it's very, it's a very tough thing for somebody to lose their medical license. And I responded, I said, well, my son lost his life. How can you compare, you know, her degree to my son's life? I was insulted by the remark, but I want to get back to what you guys, this has been bothering me for a long, long time. Her attorneys keep, even now, they're still out there doing the victim blaming thing. And I mean, they're claiming that this marijuana was something that it was not. The marijuana was tested. And I don't smoke marijuana. I don't use marijuana. So I had to do a little homework on this myself. So my understanding from what I can gather in the research I've done, that high-potency marijuana is anything over 20% THC content or 10 micrograms per dose. This marijuana was tested several different times. And the lab reports... And if I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. But if the, the lab reports show it was between 12% and 16%. That is it. So this was no special strain. And the container that it came in had no warning label on it. And if I'm wrong, I want to be told I'm wrong. But I saw, I saw that in, in the evidence photos. And there was no warning label on it. So, I mean, it, it, none of that what they say makes any sense to me um, from the beginning it was blame the victim attack the witnesses badger the witnesses and then in the end in, in uh, uh, Robert Schwartz's closing argument and I think this really put the jury off he actually started to attack Audrey I mean he was attacking the prosecutor who had nothing to do with this other than pre- presenting the evidence and the facts so I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm disgusted in those two individuals as human beings. I'm also disgusted with the judge for allowing it. And you, you are allowed to argue in a closing statement. That's what it's all about, closing arguments. But you are not allowed to spout incorrect facts, facts that are not in evidence, which is what he did.
and attacking the prosecutor, that's to be disallowed. But, you know, and we keep referring to her as a doctor. She's not a doctor. She has a doctorate in audiology. She is not a medical doctor. And her whining about how murdering your son is going to affect her future. I, I don't quite get that. And again, I understand where you're coming from. I'm not as angry about the BS claim that this is special potent marijuana. I'm angry that this woman can stab a defenseless guy. He didn't have a knife. He didn't have a gun. Who's sitting on the sofa over a hundred times and can walk free. No jail time based on a quack theory that she made up claiming she was hearing voices that told her the more she stabbed him, the more she would live. I think I've got that right. If I'm wrong, somebody jump in and tell me. But Sean, when you heard the sentence, what went through your mind? Well, I felt immediately that, um, that the system had failed Chad, first of all, and that I could not for the life of me understand why we had to go through five and a half years of going back and forth to courtrooms and just hearing her attorneys constantly ask for extensions and then being granted. And then um, I just felt that there's absolutely no justice in the system and that the system is is broken at this point do you believe that she got a light sentence because of her gender and her education that somehow a white woman is going to be believed in court when a minority a black male would not be believed in court that's two tiers of justice that's not what our founding fathers had in mind that is not what the constitution says it's called equal protection under the law Lady Justice is blind for a reason. She's not supposed to get a break because she's a more affluent, educated white female. That's not okay. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And to answer your question, I absolutely feel that way. I, and I said earlier in my comments, I, he, didn't, he, he didn't separate himself from seeing her as, as you described, and he just he just saw her that way and said, you know, this isn't this isn't the type of person that I should put in prison for some reason that must have went through his head. But her, her brother, when he got up to give his remarks and I was really angry about this, it was very difficult at times for Mina to stand up and say things in that courtroom because. Um, we went through this exercise of, you know, giving the victims impact statements, which Judge Worley didn't even consider. He had written his remarks prior to and read from them on his sentencing decision. So we shouldn't have been put through that. But her brother gets up there and says, you know, she's not the type of person that should go to prison. And I thought to myself, at that moment, do, do I stand up and say something here or do I sit down and I yeah like like chat like in, in this case Chad's not the person kind of person that should be dead and buried the people that are supposed to go to prison are people that break the law and don't adhere to the laws of the land there's no there is no like demographic or there is no um, certain type of person that should or should not go to prison other than somebody that doesn't follow the law. You're absolutely right. I am just so distraught about how this sentencing went down and how this Judge Worley contorted the law. Is it true, Sean, that Chad's mother grief-stricken, died during the trial. Yeah, about a year and a half after we lost Chad, um, she, she had type 2 diabetes, and she just kind of got depressed, and um, she stopped taking care of herself, and she was just isolated herself, and 
you know, it's hard. You lose a child and you think to yourself, is it okay for me to be happy again one day? Is it okay for me to smile? Is it okay for me to be happy with my other son? You know, and all those, you know, like it's a feeling of guilt if I'm with my other son. And it was the same for Michelle. And it, 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 it was worse for her. And, and she just declined. And I got a call on, I believe it was March 17th at about 7.30 at night uh, from her good friend, Lucretia Guzman. And um, she said, you need to get to the hospital right away. And I said, why? And she said, Michelle's not doing well. And when I got to the emergency department, um, I knew something really bad had happened because her sister was there. Lucretia was there. A few of her other friends were there. And I asked, what's going on? And then they just directed me into a room and she was laying on a table pretty much. She was already, she was on life support and she was already gone. She, she just, she just couldn't handle it. And it, it's also hard for my younger son, Shane, because he feels in ways that, you know, Michelle felt so bad about what occurred, but he wishes that, you know, she would have focused more kind of on what, what we still have going forward, but she was unable to do that. She was just so focused on the loss of Chad that it just took her down. Sean, Amelia, I don't know if you knew this or not, but as the killer, the girlfriend, Bryn Spacher was walking out of court. You know what she said, right? She started bitching that she could not believe the judge had sentenced her to probation and community service. She was actually complaining on her way out of the courtroom. She should have been lying prostrate in the floor thanking this judge for completely ignoring his duty. But instead, she was whining and complaining. I can't believe I got to do community service. Did you know that? Actually, I was unaware of that, um, but I would say given some of the other evidence that was presented that I don't think she thought was going to be presented, um, it kind of doesn't surprise me. She portrays herself as one thing, and then this is who she really is. This is who this person is, and this is why when we saw the text messages that were um, presented during the case, you know, we realized that, you know, she's really not presenting herself truthfully. And I can't believe, I can't believe that she did say that because she is lucky that she hasn't been incarcerated for murder. Can I ask you, what did the texts say? The texts were, um, she made this claim that she was a naive marijuana user and that the text before these were texts before she had met Chad and the the texts were illustrating that, you know, she was talking to her friends about marijuana use and about edibles and about how you can put oil on ice cream and get high from the marijuana oil. So she's a killer and a liar. You know, I, I, I think that I don't think she faces the reality of what she's done. I think that she, she believes that for some reason that she shouldn't be held accountable for any of this. It's, it hurts so badly to know that the judge discounted everything you and your family have been through and sentenced this killer to straight probation if you want your voice to be heard. Contact Governor Gavin Newsom. He needs to hear this. Gavin.Newsom at gov.ca.gov. Repeat, Gavin.Newsom at gov.ca.gov. His number is 914-445-2841. Make your voice be heard. This is not justice. And 
may Chad, Amelia, and his mother find peace. Goodbye, friend. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress. Lisa's Sapira Hybrid has been named Wirecutter's best hybrid mattress five years running. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash Nancy for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash Nancy. Thanks, Lisa Mattress, for being our partner.